You are listening to Tuesday Takes with the Tommy Experience. Tune into the ColorCast app on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Central Time to listen to the show live, chat with the boys, and maybe even be on the show. Download the ColorCast app or go to TommyExperience.com for more information. And now, here's the show. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Tuesday Takes with the Tommy Experience. My name is Tommy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TommyRB36. Uh, my pal that normally does this with me, Jason at JPO Tweets, he is unable to be with me today. He's driving in the mountains. Uh, so it's just a solo show for me today. Uh, first off, crazy start. Uh, just uh, personally, it's just been a crazy uh, whirlwind of the day. Uh, I myself just tested positive for COVID um, after getting vaxxed and boosted and stuff, uh, but tested positive. Uh, luckily, I'm not in a hospital or on a ventilator or anything, uh, which is probably good. Um, but still not feeling super great. Uh, so we're dealing with that in my household, but the show must go on. Uh, so that's why I'm here. Uh, it's just me uh, kind of hobbling. So I'm hoping that a lot of people will come in and join the live show here on ColorCast um, so we can uh, get moving on this hour. Lots to talk about. There's football uh, and and uh, a couple baseball things maybe to touch on. But then also... Um, I just want to talk about Christmas because Christmas is the best. Uh, so that's coming up uh, on Saturday. It's already Christmas time, unreal. Uh, but here we are. Uh, we just had another week of football. Um, before we get into that, Jason and I, we post our picks uh, and we keep track of them on Twitter at Tommy Experience. Uh, if you've been following along, you saw that Jason won week one uh, and then I was victorious in the second week. Uh, which was uh, this past week. Uh, so we are one and one, but we are going to halt making picks for uh, for until the end of the year or the beginning of the new year. Um, there's just going to be a lot of traveling and moving around and stuff. Uh, so we won't be able to post picks like daily like we normally would be able to. So we're going to put a pause on that. Uh, we'll probably still put our t- picks out there, um, but we are going to kind of uh, adjust what we're doing uh, get a better method uh, in picking winners and stuff, or winners between us, which we definitely need to be better at picking winners anyway because we kind of stink at it. Um, but we're going to uh, make the competition a little more uh, interesting, I guess you could say. So we're going to work on that uh, for the new year, uh, but for now we're just going to pause the picks. Um, like I mentioned, uh, Jason is not here with us this week. Uh, he's driving in the mountains, uh, so... Hopefully he's being safe when he's driving in the mountains. Um, but yeah, that's uh, the gambling stuff. Episode today is just going to be football, maybe a little bit of baseball, and definitely some Christmas. So uh, as we're getting started on the show right now, uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams, and then the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles are kicking off uh, for their matchups in the weirdest week of football ever. Uh, because of COVID protocols and stuff, some games were moved around. Some games that were supposed to be played Saturday were playing on Monday. And games that were po- supposed to be played on Sunday are being played on Tuesday. Uh, I, whirlwind, because we had Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday football this week in, in football. And then we get Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday um, again next week. Wild. Uh, and some wild games. Uh, that happened that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the landscape of uh, the playoff pictures and stuff. Uh, if you have anything to contribute into the chat, 
uh, please do so if you're listening live. If you're listening to the podcast version, thanks for listening to that. Uh, but we would love to have you on the live show as well interacting with us because there's a chat and there's a beautiful heart button that you can press as many times as you want to tell us that you like us. Uh, so we encourage that greatly. But before we get into any of the cool games of the football schedule, uh, we're going to talk about my least favorite game, which took place last night against the Minnesota, or with the Minnesota Vikings taking on the terrible, and I mean terrible, Chicago Bears. I hate this team. Let me, well, I hate this team. I love this team, which is why I absolutely hate this team. Uh, I have friends that are Vikings fans. I have friends that are Lions fans. And I have friends that are even Packers fans. And none of them understand what it's like to be a Bears fan. I, like, Lions fans, they say that they're the most miserable miserable because they never win uh but they're never expected to win this team is expected to compete and just fall short consistently 28 years running now they've fallen short of expectations and it's 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 painful to watch year after year and i continue to uh make myself watch it year after year uh because i always think you know what maybe it turns around this year and it never does this year, though, I mean, it was doomed from the start. Matt Nagy should have been fired. Ryan Pace should have been fired, and then they weren't. Uh, and we're just stuck here in the ever, ever-turning ever circle that is the Chicago Bears because nothing's going to change until the things at the top change. Uh, last night, the Bears' defense was actually really good, and they lost, which stinks. Uh Akeem Hicks had two sacks. Uh, Robert Quinn had two sacks. By the way, betting last night, not good for your boy. Uh, I had Robert Quinn to record one sack, and that was my favorite pick of the night, and that hit. But I also picked uh, Justin Jefferson, who is the wide receiver for uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I picked him to score two touchdowns, and he scored right away uh, and then did not almost didn't even see another pass the rest of the night. So I was I was hopeful that there were going to be two Viking scores, uh, which there were, but one of them was the wrong guy. Uh, so anyways, back to the Bears defense. Incredible. There were a couple penalties. Uh, one of them was a bad one, the, the um, unsportsmanlike conduct by Gibson. Uh, there was three and out. They were walking off the field, and he pushed a guy. Uh, you can't do that, especially when the ref is like looking you dead in the face. Uh, but then there was the phantom uh, call that was called against the Bears that usually always gets called against the Bears. Uh, but they get, they made up for it, I will say. With the <laughs> they didn't call defensive holding on uh, Justin Jefferson. It was in the second quarter, I think, and Kirk Cousins threw a uh, an interception that I mean there was nobody within thirty yards of the Bears defensive back, so that was kind of cool to have a blown call go like in the Bears' favor, that's kind of cool because that never happens. Uh, the Bears' defense looked really good. Uh, a couple dumb penalties, but um, it is what it is. The Bears' offense, remember when uh, the Bears hired Matt Nagy and we were promised that he was going to be an offensive guru and he was going to fix the Chicago Bears' organization and make it a place where quarterbacks don't come to die but rather like sh- strive or thrive? Strive or thrive? Let's go thrive. Remember when Matt Nagy was supposed to come here and make this a place where quarterbacks were going to thrive? Well, no, he's 
he's ruined one in Mitch Trubisky, and he's well on his way to ruining another uh, with Justin Fields. Justin Fields, you know, I saw some people uh, on the Twitters and things today saying that Justin Fields actually played a relatively good game last night. I didn't see it. I saw a lot of crap. Like, And I can't blame him because he doesn't really have an offensive line. He doesn't really have receivers to throw to. But he did not play well. He got he took a couple very big, stupid sacks that he definitely could have just thrown the ball away. He fumbled the ball a couple times. It, it, it wasn't a good night for the quarterback. But, I mean, he's learning. And he doesn't have leadership telling him the right and wrong things to do. Like the the Chicago Bears offense right now is just a big what not to do. Like offense for dummies and the dummies like series of, of things where the books that tell you what to do. Uh, they, the dummies guy with that waves, like the black and white picture, that should be Matt Nagy. He's just so dumb. He's the stupidest idiot on the face of the freaking earth <sighs> fewer than 10 points three fumbles three turnovers on downs 91 yards and penalties a Matt Nagy run offense that's what it is Justin Fields uh, threw the ball more than 10 yards 11 times last night eight of them connected and they were good plays and you saw that in the second half there were a couple drives where they went down and they were just firing on all cylinders and then they get to the red zone and they completely stop but uh, 8 of 11. Justin Fields, one of his strengths and why the Bears drafted him was because of his ability to throw the ball down the field. And you, if you listen to the broadcast of ESPN last night, Lewis Riddick kept saying they really need to let Justin Fields throw the ball down the field because the defensive backs of Minnesota are not good or they're, they're weak because he, he can't say they're not good. He could say that they're weak. Uh, and he said it over and over and over again, and the Bears consistently did not do it. So you have a guy in the booth, in the ESPN booth, in Lewis Riddick, who, by the way, would make an excellent general manager for the Chicago Bears, saying the adjustments that the offense should make. And Matt Nagy, went, like, the word adjustment is like he's in first grade, and that's an 11th grade vocabulary word. He has no idea what that word means. And he's a head coach in the National Football League. Really think about that. Just so dumb. Uh, and I know I've been on the Bears for 12 minutes now, but good Lord. Uh, the Bears are officially eliminated from the playoffs, thank God, because uh, I don't have to see the uh, graphic. Excuse me. See, it's, it's hitting me, folks. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm playing wounded here, but we're going on. Uh I like that I don't have to see the graphic of the Bears in the hunt anymore because they're mathematically eliminated, and uh, it's just better for my soul that I don't have that little glimmer of hope uh, that the Bears could just sneak in the playoffs to break my heart. So I'm really glad that it's just over. Uh, the Bears have an opportunity now uh, to fire a head coach for the first time in franchise history during the season. Uh, they will not do it because they're just dumb. There are new rules out there that a player can um the player or a team can start trying to uh get permission from other teams to uh interview for head coaching positions vacant head coaching positions 
the rule is you either have to inform the coach that's coaching now that he's not going to be the coach come the end of the season or already fire the coach. So right now you have the Jacksonville Jaguars and then the uh, Las Vegas Raiders is the only two teams that have actually fired their head coach uh, and can actually start interviewing people as soon as two weeks from the end of the regular season. So not after next week, but after the next week. No, I'm sorry. It is after next week. After next week, people can start um, interviewing and, and getting permission to talk to people for new head coaches. And the Bears have an opportunity to get a leg up because they're not only going to be looking for a head coach, they're going to be looking for a general manager as well, and they need every ounce or every second of time that they can get. But they're so dumb that they're not going to do it. Uh, the, it I say this so many times. Nothing changes until the, it changes from the top. If Virginia Murkowski actually cared about what was happening on the field, she would have been dead 10 years ago because she could not handle what our hearts handle. And additionally, my favorite saying in the world, there is no professional franchise in sports that gives their fans the middle finger quite like the Chicago Bears. I hate being a Bears fan, but I have no choice. ESPN announced last night, according to Jeff Agrist on Twitter's, that the Vikings-Bears game last night was the most watched Monday Night Football Week 15 game in a decade. 15.9 million people watched that god-awful football game. Does, is that How do people not have better things to do? I have to watch it because like, it, I ha, like it's my job. Nobody else has to watch that. That's terrible. I, I feel bad for at least 13 million of those people. Um, but, all right, that's enough about the Bears. Uh, the Vikings didn't look good last night, but they got the win, and now they got to go play the Rams, who are good and are playing football right now. Um, but as far as the playoff picture, uh, in the NFC, the Packers, they clinched the NFC North, so they're the only team in the NFL that actually has a clinched spot in the playoffs right now, uh, which is a dumb sentence that I don't like saying, but it's true. Uh, so they're the one seed in the NFC. And then you have the Cowboys, Buccaneers, and Cardinals, the other division leaders. Uh, Rams, 49ers, Vikings hold the wild cards. And then the Saints, Washington football team, and the Eagles, who those two are playing each other right now, uh, they are still in the hunt. Uh, so th uh, this football game that is on TV right now, Washington football team and the Eagles, very important football game. Uh, the Vikings find themselves with the, with the bottom seed of the playoffs, so they are in the playoffs right now. Uh, and the Cardinals. How about the Cardinals? Uh, last week, we started a segment called Can't Do That. Uh, the Can't Do That Team of the Week, and we started it with, um, with the Cardinals last week. And uh, Jason texted me just before the show started and said, hey, uh, I think the Cardinals are the Can't Do That Team of the Week again. And I said, excuse me i'm sorry i like i said i'm i'm, I'm playing wounded here uh if you if you're just tuning in or just missing it uh i did uh receive a positive covid test uh so i am uh in quarantine uh but still doing the show because the show must go on uh but hanging in there uh playing wounded doing the best i can uh but i'm doing better than the cardinals did yesterday they sucked uh and not yesterday but sunday cardinals stunk uh, they might get into the playoffs losing five in a row, which is incredible. Uh, but they're 
going down and down. They used to be the one seed. Now they're hanging on as the four seed uh, simply because the Rams have not overtaken the division yet, which if they can't do it this week, they might be able to do it next week um, because the Rams are hot. The Cardinals are not. Uh, so they can't do that team of the week for the second week in a row. Goes to the Cardinals, but I'm also going to give it to the Bears too because I'm mad at them. Uh, so that's the NFC picture. Um, not as wild as the AFC. The AFC, the Chiefs have taken over the one seed because the Colts beat the Patriots on Saturday night. Uh, so Chiefs won, Patriots two. The Titans are hanging on to the three spot after losing to the Steelers on Sunday. But they're hanging on because the South is a terrible division, A. And B, the four spot is the AFC North, a division where nobody wants to win. The Bengals hold it right now. Uh, but every team, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns, are also in contention for the division that could be decided the last week of the season. And, and it could be anybody. It could be absolutely anybody. Last night, the Browns had a chance to win against the Raiders. And be in first place in the division instead they lost and now they're in last place in the division like that's how close the afc north is but this is how close the afc is there are um one two three four five six seven eight nine teams in contention for well ten if you count the Bengals as one of them there are ten teams in contention for four playoff spots uh and they're all within a game of each other uh the the Dolphins have rattled off six wins in a row and are now at 500. Uh, the Browns have been so-so all year. The Broncos have rattled off a couple in a row, but they did just lose to the Bengals. Uh, they're still in it. The Raiders beat the Browns last weekend, or yesterday, sorry. The Raiders beat the Browns yesterday and can and stay in the in the competition. The Steelers beat the Titans who are leading the AFC South to stay in contention. They have a couple very big games coming up, which I'm sure this household will be watching. And then the Ravens, who looked like they were going to be in contention for the one seed, now find themselves on the outside looking in because the uh, wild card spots are held by the number seven seed Bills, who we thought were going to be the number one seed, the number six Chargers, who we thought were going to be a one or a two seed, and then the don't, Look now, Titans, but the Indianapolis Colts are right on your butt. The Colts beat the Patriots. Uh, they they are finding their run game with Jonathan Taylor, who is an incredible running back. Uh, I can say that now because he went to Wisconsin, so I had to hate him for a while. But now that he's in the now he's professional, uh, so he's just not associated with the state of Wisconsin anymore, which is nice. He's doing well. Looks like an all. He's probably the best running back in the league. Could make an argument for MVP. AFC is absolutely nuts. Uh, this weekend coming up is going to be crazy. Uh, the first game on Christmas Day on Saturday is the Green Bay Packers versus the Cleveland Browns. I can't think of a more just hideous matchup for Christmas than the Packers and the Browns. Now, uh, <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers came out and said uh christmas in green bay like how could and, and playing football how could it get any better well of course he would say that because his family hates him so uh, he doesn't know what a nice family christmas is uh, so you know whatever uh but that's my recap for football 
that was 20 minutes of the show. Uh, I don't have Jason here that's that's uh, here to who banter with me about how much the Bears stink or whatever. Um, but I do need to shout out his Saints who remain in the playoff contention for whatever reason because they shut out the Buccaneers 9 to nothing in Tampa Bay, which was incredible. I bet the under in that game. I feel really good about it. Uh, but he uh, very happy about the Saints. Uh, if he was here, I would give him a minute to talk about the Saints, but he's not. So we're not going to have a minute to talk about the Saints. So that's 21 minutes now of football talk. But now I want to shift the focus to Christmas. Uh, Christmas is coming up. It's on Saturday. Uh, and if you're listening, I would love um, if you're in the chat uh, to if you want to share your favorite things about Christmas. Uh, that would be great because I'm going to rattle off some of my favorite things about Christmas. Um, first off, when we're talking about Christmas, I love seeing the Christmas lights. And I like listening to Christmas music well before Thanksgiving. I think Christmas music is great. That's an unpopular opinion. That's a hot take. That's what the ColorCast app is for, is for hot takes. And I just like to say I love listening to Christmas music. Uh, I have it on in my car all the time from about uh, a week before Thanksgiving all the way until New Year's. I love Christmas music. Christmas lights. Uh, when my grandparents passed away, uh, I took over their house and I was living in their house because we didn't we didn't know we were going to sell it, what we were going to do with the house. So I just stayed in it. So I kept the kept the pipes going and kept it looking nice and whatever. Uh, but I got to put up Christmas lights for the first time and I did it and I did a very crappy job of it, but I did it and it looked very like homey and whatever. And I was very proud of myself for doing it. Uh, and then now at the place that we're living at, they, we have a little, a little patio space in our townhome, and I was, and I was, uh, able to put up some lights. Uh, Anna just said in the chat that my house has the best lights right now. And that's because I put them up myself. Uh, I got to go to Menards, shout out Menards, and I got a staple gun and it was awesome, but we got lights up. Uh, I love lights. Uh, as far as gifts go, I have a couple favorites. So, um, <laughs> And they're fun stories, too, about Christmas. So I don't know if anybody in that's listening to this was ever much of a snooper when it came to Christmas, but I was a big snooper. Um, my mom was... <laughs> she got better at hiding things uh, when she found out that she did live in a house with some snoopers. Uh, but I <laughs> was never successful... And then the time that I was successful, it kind of ruined it for me. So uh, I stayed, I faked sick one day uh, in, uh, let's see, this was in 2003. So I was in fourth grade and I faked sick to stay home and snoop all day. And uh, I did. And I found a Game Boy Advance game that was uh, Madden 2004 with Michael Vick on the cover. And I did not have a Game Boy Advance at this time. My sister had one, but I had a Game Boy Color. So that led me to believe that I was getting the Game Boy Advance SP. Uh, and then Christmas morning, uh, I unwrapped it, and uh, <laughs> and I saw it, and I wasn't as shocked as I probably should have been. Um, but nobody knew that I snooped. But on the inside, it kind of ruined it for me. It ruined the surprise and the magic of not knowing that you're gonna get it, and then you're gonna, and then you got it. 
Uh, so that was kind of gone and that, and that kind of taught me, it was like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't snoop anymore. And that was in fourth grade. So that was a life lesson that I learned. Uh, so since then I can't say that I ever snooped. Uh, but that same year we ended up getting also an original Xbox, uh, like a console, because the only console we had had was the original Nintendo with Super Mario Brothers. And then that Christmas I asked for a PlayStation 2. My sister asked for a GameCube. So uh, my parents compromised and got us an Xbox. And that's probably the best Christmas present that I ever got. I put so many hours and miles on my Xbox. I loved my Xbox. And I still would play it if I didn't have the newer one. Uh, I tried to play it the last time that I went home. And it didn't work. But I did. that was probably my favorite gift that I ever got was the Xbox. Because I spent so much time with it. Uh, another cool gift that I got is my cousin Griffin. He got me a piece of Soldier Field turf. That's awesome. It was from when the bears were good, uh, and they had the artificial turf on soldier f- on uh, the soldier fields, and uh, I guess they cut it up and they sold it, and uh, so I have a piece of turf that is uh, from Soldier Field. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so a couple couple things like that that are really cool gifts. Uh, another uh, this isn't necessarily a snooping story. But um, when uh, I was in college, I came home and then I had to go back up and, and take finals. And uh, I came home and a package came from Fanatics. And when I, uh, <laughs> I knew at the time, like I knew that nobody else in the house was going to be getting any gifts from Fanatics. And I saw the box. So I opened the box from the bottom and it was a Bears hoodie that I had asked for. And I ended up wearing it to my finals and then bringing it back home because I knew I would be home before everybody else was. And then I wrapped or I taped the box back up again from the bottom because I opened it from the bottom. So it didn't look like anything happened from the top. And then I opened it on Christmas morning. It was great. I, 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 it was my, the best scheme that I ever did. When I fessed that up to my mom, she couldn't believe that I was that smart or smart enough to know to open it from the bottom. Uh, Let's see. We got a couple stories here. Anna said that her favorite gift was uh, the love sack, which she got in 2009. And yes, is indeed still in our living room. Uh, Pat said he got a book of Lifesavers candy for Christmas. It would consist of eight packs of Lifesavers. I would unwrap it and take it a pack. I did it three times before that Christmas. I love it, Pat. That's incredible. Um as far as memories go, like uh, Christmas memories, which these count too, a lot of them are with my grandparents. My uh, when uh, we were in elementary school, they would uh, usually the last day before Christmas break, uh, my grandparents would pick my sister and I up from school, and then they would take us back to our house and we'd pack a bag, uh, and then go over to their house. Luckily, I was fortunate enough to uh, live within five minutes of my grandparents, really my entire life. And uh, definitely took advantage of that because uh, of times like this, they they uh, came and picked us up from school. We went and packed a bag. Then we went to their house and then we went to McDonald's for dinner, ate at McDonald's. And then uh, we went around the community and looked at all the Christmas lights, uh, stayed over at their house that night. And then the next morning we woke up and made Christmas cookies with grandma. Uh, so that was one of my favorite uh, traditions that we did and, and, and a lot of memories that we had on Christmas. Uh and then uh, Christmas Eve, we had the big family gathering. Uh, and then Christmas Day, uh, my grandparents would just come over. And it would just be my mom, my dad, my sister, and I, and then my grandparents. And they would come over. Uh, one, year, one year, we got a, uh, one year we got a, 
a ping pong table. My dad and I did. We were playing ping pong. And uh, Grandpa and Grandma were over, and they were watching Dad and I play. Grandma was really close to the table. We were playing. I was I was on a rally with my dad, and then I hit one really hard. It went right off my grandma's face. I hit my grandma in the face with a ping pong ball at full force, and she just could not stop laughing about it. It was the funniest moment. Couldn't like uh, it was awesome. Uh, Anna said one year we ordered Chinese food on Christmas, and I thought that was so cool. Great, that's awesome. <laughs> Pat said, I brought Santa to meet Becky and Tommy. They screamed in horror. Uh, I don't blame Santa because we were terrible kids. Uh, but yeah, so if you have any more Christmas stories, I'd love to hear them. Uh, uh, I used to work at a church uh, and when I lived in Atlanta or just south of Atlanta. And uh, one year, uh, the folks that I worked with, I, I was in the youth, or I was assistant youth director uh, the youth director and then the children's guy, uh, still good friends with them. They uh, and I had an idea to make a a, a, a a Christmas video to kind of promote people coming uh, to church for Christmas Eve services one year. And uh, Chris, uh, the big uh, the youth director, he's ta- he's bigger than uh, Carson and I, and uh, he dressed up as Santa, and then Carson and I uh, dressed up as elves. And we went around to different places in the community and, and different members of the church. And like we acted like we were uh, giving them information about uh, the the church services while uh, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey was playing in the background. Um, and we went all we we took a day and we just went all over the place. We went to an elementary school. We went to the library, uh, went to so many different places and people were just staring at us like, why are these people dressed like this and doing idiotic things? And then we went to a fountain and uh, we tried to do like this jumping stuff and Chris totally wiped out and it was awesome uh, to see him fall, but he was okay. And then we even, uh, we have a connection at our church with a judge and he let us come into one of his courtrooms, like with, with people in trouble in the court and, and bounce around as elves and Santa. And it was incredible. Uh, so that was a fun day. Good Christmas memory. Um, but yeah, so I am a big Christmas person, love Christmas, uh, love spreading Christmas cheer. It's going to be a little different for me this year, uh, with the circumstances that surround myself today. Uh, but that's okay. I think we're going to be just fine. Uh, I think the Christmas spirit is still going to be alive and well. Uh, so that's really all I have today. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode. I'm, I'm doing the best that I can, uh, to keep the ship rolling here, but, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you miss the live shows, it's always going to be a podcast. Uh, it'll come out. I'm going to put it all together. Uh, usually comes out the next morning. Um, sometimes it comes out before that. Uh, and uh, just to give you guys an update, Washington football team is currently up 7 to nothing. Uh, just recovered a fumble, and then they fumbled it. And then the, the Eagles recovered that fumble, and then they fumbled it. And then Washington just recovered that fumble. That all happened on the exact same play right just now. Uh, so Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully Jason will be with me. Hopefully, uh, everybody will be feeling a little better. Um, and, uh, that's all we need. There's going to be a new episode of the Tommy experience coming out on Thursday. Uh, my cousin Griffin is joining me. We're going to talk about, uh, um, kind of his journey through college and finding what he wanted to do. And then we have an announcement about maybe a NASCAR podcast that's going to be coming up. So make sure you listen to that. You can follow along on Twitter at Tom E Experience. 
uh, and then uh, we'll have everything on there. So thank you all for listening and uh, Merry Christmas and we'll talk to you next week.